You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. two check one two hey everybody welcome to the show this week real quick before you go messing with your headphones or your radio or wherever you're listening to this uh yes the audio does not sound as good as normal i don't know what happened between last week and this week but for whatever reason my microphone is not working um i don't think it's the actual mic i don't know how it would have got messed up uh at first i thought the cord had a short in it got a new cord still nothing and so i think it's my mixer uh, all that to say, I am having some technical difficulties, and I apologize for that. So I will try to have this worked out by next week. I am currently using a t- set of $20 headphones I bought at Dollar General. And so, again, I apologize, guys, but please bear with me. Um, you know, Obviously, I still want to put a show out this week, and I don't think that this is that big of an issue. So I hope you guys can bear with me and uh, that the, uh, the audio isn't too bad. Like I said, I will try my best to have it better by next week. So now that I got my apology out of the way, let's jump into this week's intro. Uh, I recently got back from the ATA show that I've been talking about for a few weeks. I was super excited to go. Um, very glad I went. It was a lot of fun. Um, I will say, from what I understand, obviously I've never been, the show was like way small, not necessarily smaller, but I guess way less populated, less people went than normal. Um, a few weeks ago, I, and I knew this going into it, a bunch of the bow manufacturers backed out uh, just because of COVID and everything. And so when you have an archery show with no bow companies, uh, it makes it a little more difficult. And so, you know, I guess a few vendors backed out after the bow companies, um, a bunch of like the celebrity type uh, people backed out you know, because their bow wasn't there. And then I guess because of that, just in general, less people went. But I still had a blast. I'm still very glad I went. Um, I kind of enjoyed it because it, it was a little easier to talk to people, I assume. Uh, you're just not having as many people to fight over and stuff. Um, so I want to talk about it real quick just to let you guys in, uh, you know, know what happened about my trip. So first off, uh, Lexington, Kentucky had – like a once in a never ice storm. Uh, I guess it's just as rare for it to snow there as it is here, uh, at least in my part of, you know, southeastern Oklahoma. Um, and so uh, I got in pretty late on Friday, um, but I heard people talking about how like restaurants were closed. It was hard for them to find places to eat dinner after the show on Friday and stuff. So I kind of lucked out getting there later on Friday. 
so basically landed straight to the hotel, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, went to the show, and uh, I walk in the door, and I'm just kind of like walking around the outside, just trying to get my bearings, you know, straight and figure out a plan of attack for how I was going to walk through this thing. And I'm kind of walking, like I said, along the edge, looking at the aisles, and and I see somebody coming out of the corner of my eye, so I kind of, you know, like look up and step out of the way. And uh, Levi Morgan's, you know, smiling at me and passing me. And so, I, I mean, I wasn't in the door 30 seconds and I've already ran into the, I don't know how many time world champion archer, Levi Morgan. So that was a big like wake up call, kind of realized what I was in for there. And uh, man, the show is huge. I mean, I have no idea how many vendors were there, but it it was a bunch. Um, lots of cool products. Another cool thing about it, like when you go to normal hunting shows, um, there's just usually like normal people there also. Like I've seen, you know, mattress companies or, you know, whatever, like local vendors just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, they're just trying to get their name out there. But this one, I mean, it was truly like hunting only. So not only was it the biggest hunting show I've ever been to, but it was like 100% hunting stuff. So that was really cool. Um, man, a few other cool things that happened. Like I, I was walking along and all of a sudden I hear this like crazy loud laugh that I recognized in- instantly. And I look over and, uh, there's Troy Fowler, AKA the ranch fairy, you know, hanging out and talking to people. Um, I was able to introduce myself and, uh, we exchanged information. So, you know, maybe possibly looking forward to that, uh, later. Um, yeah, walk around some more and, uh, I look up and I see this big crowd of people that I instantly recognized several of them. And, uh, it was the whole working class bow hunter crew. Um, not just the, their crew, but, uh, Clint Casper was with them. Johnny Utah was with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't going to pass that up. So I went and introduced myself to them. Uh, Kurt, man, he was super nice. Um, big fan of Kurt's. Uh, you know, it wasn't just like a, Hey, how you doing? I mean, he was genuinely ask genuinely asking about me. Um, you know, I told him I was a podcaster too. He was asking about the show, uh, you know, how long I'd been going and just like, I mean, really interested. And so that made me feel really good. Um, Doug, the mustache man was there, uh, Austin, I mean the whole crew. So if you're familiar with that podcast, um, uh, yeah, I love those guys. And they, I mean, what you see with those guys is what you get. Uh, so I really appreciated that. Uh, I will say like, uh, as far as like, you know, celebrities or whatever go, um, like I mentioned, a bunch of the big names weren't there, uh, I guess because of COVID and stuff and, and they do this show during hunting season. So I think that's definitely part of it. Um, but I did see, you know, a bunch of like the TV star type people. Uh, one guy who really stuck out to me, I, d- I didn't try to talk to him, but just, you know, passed him several times and looked like he was, I mean, generally interested and wanted to be there was Michael Waddell. Um, like I said, passed him several times. Uh, he was always talking to somebody, always, you know, had a smile. It didn't look like a labor to him. You know, I've heard from several of those guys that they really hate those shows because they just stand there and awkwardly and talk to random people, which I completely understand. Um, uh, but man, Michael Waddell, he, I don't know, for some reason he just stuck out to me. He's like, that is a genuine guy. Um, so yeah, so that was ATA show. Um, lots of cool companies. I picked up a ton of flyers. Um, I met a lot of people that will probably be having on the show in the upcoming months. Uh, so yeah, it was a fantastic trip, met a ton of people. And I think you guys are going to reap some benefits from that too, because like I said, I'm planning on having a bunch of people that I met there on the show. And speaking of show, I know this is pretty early out, but uh, I wanted to throw this out there too. The Backwoods show in Oklahoma City is March 4th, 5th, and 6th 
and I will be there, guys. I need to get on getting a booth. Uh, I'm planning to have a booth there, and with that, I just put in an order this week for Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast hats and t-shirts, and so I will be there hopefully with the booth if I get that nailed down, uh, and I will have merchandise for sale for the very first time, so uh, look for me there. I always look forward to the Backwoods show, and I'm looking forward to it even more this time now that the show's been going for a little while, and uh, hopefully some of you listeners are going to be there. Um, Like I said, come see me. Get a hat or a t-shirt. Support me because I'm doing this pretty much unsupported at the moment, so any help is appreciated, and I can't wait to meet some of you guys there, so... So yeah, that's enough of uh, all the show talk. I don't want to take up too much time with it, but uh, I did want to kind of recap that real quick. Um, Other than that, been back to the grind this week since I got home, been working all week. It's been a pretty long week at that. Um, I am actually done for the week. Uh, I'm doing this Friday evening because I've been trying for the last three days uh, to get this microphone thing under control. So I'm um, Friday afternoon sitting here doing this after work, uh, trying to get it wrapped up because I'm probably going to head out and hopefully do some duck hunting in the morning. We got this nice front coming in. Um, I think tomorrow morning it's supposed to be a little chillier. I think the real cold hits like Saturday evening though and so i'm really curious to see whether the ducks will move more right before that front or right after so i'm trying to get out of here this evening uh so i can hunt in the morning um i hope i have enough shells to hunt uh i I posted a picture earlier this week of uh i went to atwoods and was looking for some duck shells and they had i think like three boxes and they were, I think, fifty-seven ninety-nine a piece, which is just outrageous. Um, so I'm still running with uh, what I had left over from last year. I think I have um, right about two boxes left. And so hoping to go, I mean, at least three or four more times, if not more. Um, I got some ponds closer to my house. I even talked to my boss about maybe taking his son. Uh, you know, maybe we can go one day before work or something. Um, so, yeah. More duck hunting to do. Uh, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm recording this on Friday evening, the 14th, which means tomorrow, Saturday evening, is the last day of deer season. So I hope you guys uh, had a nice, long, wonderful deer season. I hope you, uh, you know, shot everything you dreamed of your big giant bucks, your meat does, whatever it was. I hope you accomplished your goals. And if you didn't, be thinking about what you can do next year to accomplish those goals. And we'll talk about that at another date. But, um, but yeah, enjoyed uh, this season. I really did. Uh, we're going to talk about my last hunt of the year, which was a successful hunt. Um, I've Man, what's today? I shot my buck on uh, December 29th, and so I think 15 days ago. And I'm just now getting to tell the story about it. But that's okay. I'm really excited about it. As usual, I'm always excited about telling these stories. Um, Something took place after the hunt, which I think is probably even more entertaining than the hunt itself. So stick around for that um, little crazy adventure. And that's going to do it for this intro. So hope you guys stick around for this podcast. I'm going to be telling the story of my 2021 archery buck. And we're getting into that right now. So where to begin with this buck? Let's see. So I shot my rifle buck November 27th, and uh, I had been hunting extremely hard all of November. Uh, I'd been driving back and forth between Texas and Oklahoma, and uh, man, I was bow hunting. I was rifle hunting. Just I just I really put it to it in November. Um, finally shot the buck November 27th. 
And uh, after that, I needed a break. My poor wife needed me to be home a little bit. And so I really pumped the brakes on my hunting for quite a while. Um, I think I only sat, uh, I sat one time for basically the entire month of December. I don't remember what the date was. I remember talking about it, and uh, the main reason I'd gone out to the ranch that weekend was to duck hunt the next morning, but I just figured if I was going, I might as well sit, and so uh, sat a kind of an observation stand. Um, I was hunting over a feeder, but had a big uh, oat patch that we had planted for the cattle to my uh, north, I guess. Um, saw a whole bunch of deer, saw like 14 deer that evening, but you know, no shooters. Went back, uh, like I said, duck hunting the next morning, went home. And, uh, again, like I basically just was waiting. Um, I've talked about it a thousand times. Y'all are probably sick of me saying it. Um, I love the time between Christmas and January 15th, the end of the season. And so I wasn't really stressed about it. I kind of knew the bucks were going to do what they were going to do. Um, probably lay low a little while, recover from the rut and then start hitting all the food sources real hard. And so, um, that's basically all I was doing. I was just enjoying some time with the family. Um, like I said, my, my wife's brother, uh, he just got back from a deployment and he came in. So I was hanging out, uh, her family a ton, um, and enjoying that time. Uh, her mom lives out of town. She came in for Christmas. And, uh, so yeah, like I said, just hanging out, enjoying the family. And then, uh, I guess it was, it would have been the 26th. Uh, I got a daylight picture of a really nice eight point buck. It, like I said, daylight at this stand. And, uh, I wanted to go hunting so bad, but, uh, like I said, my wife's uh, family was still in town. Uh, her mom was still here and everything. And so, uh, held out. And then, uh, the next day I had that buck plus another, even more mature buck show up in daylight. And so two days in a row. And I was also, I was back to work. So that was a Monday and a Tuesday. And this is the week between Christmas and New Year's. And my boss had been telling me for a while that we probably wouldn't work that much. Just the construction industry, you know, tends to just kind of shut down that week. Um, But we had a a few projects kind of winding down and everything. And so we actually worked quite a bit Monday and Tuesday and had planned to work Wednesday also. Uh, We had already planned to take Thursday and Friday off, but we were going to work Wednesday. Well, my boss texts me Tuesday night, and he's like, you know what, man? Forget it. Let's take tomorrow off, too. <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to you know, figure out how I can go hunting and stuff, and I'd been really wanting to take my brother-in-law, who was in town. I'd really been wanting to take him hog hunting. He had asked me about it. I had already wanted to, and so uh, he had actually been at a wedding on Tuesday. He was coming back. And uh, I texted him. I was like, hey, man, you want to go hunting? He was like, when? I was like, as soon as you get home. And he said yes. And so he got home about 11. Um, You know, he spent some time packing up. And uh, we were on the road by about noon. And so we get out there. um, We, you know, run by the house and get all the stuff. uh, Get a a gun for him. And so I was going to put him in a a stand trying to kill a hog. And then I had my bow with me and I was going to go bow hunting. And so I, you know... Made sure he was comfortable and everything. He he has never been hunting. <laughs> I feel super bad because I totally abandoned him. I had every intention of of not hunting, of sitting with him, uh, you know, trying to walk him through. <laughs> and then uh, I was getting those buck pictures, and I basically just totally left him out to dry. And I feel really bad about that, but it worked out. And so I don't feel that bad, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, he was in the position. He's in the Army. He knows how to shoot. Um, you know, explained the whole thing to him, how to let him come out, where to shoot him, all that stuff. So he was a fine, you know, he's, he's, he's an adult. 
And so I get him set up, and I head to the tree, get there nice and early. And uh, there's not a whole lot to the actual hunt. I wish there was. Um, but like I said, I was, I was hunting over a feeder. I had, you know, he had been there two days in a row, this buck. The only thing I was a little bit worried about was the wind was pretty much straight south, maybe even with a little bit of southwest in it. And, you know, our normal wind is is southeast. That's kind of what I have this stand set up for. Uh, so I get in there nice and early, like I said. I'm sitting there, no deer coming out. And some younger bucks had been coming out, basically right when the feeder went off, you know, 4.30 or something like that. The big buck had been coming out right at last light. And so I'm sitting there, feeder goes off. I'm expecting some younger deer to come out. Nothing comes out. And I'm like, well, that's a little odd, but whatever. So sitting there, sitting there, I'm checking the clock, and it's just getting darker and darker and later and later, and I have yet to see a deer. And so I'm trying to figure out if, you know, I made the right decision, if I waited too long. Um, I feel a little bit bad for my brother-in-law, who's, you know, doesn't necessarily know what's going on. He's just stuck there until I go pick him up, basically. Um, But I knew better than to get down early, and so keeps getting darker and darker and uh and then all of a sudden i hear leaves rustling and i just immediately pick up my bow with my left hand with my right hand i pull my phone out of my pocket and click it and i have eight minutes of legal light left put the phone back in the pocket and uh sitting there wait and sure enough here comes a nice big eight point buck uh the buck i'd been looking for buck i thought was going to come in And, uh, he, I mean, if I wrote a script, he read it. I know people say that all the time, but he really did. He was coming from the North upwind. He got close to the feeder, did a big circle, circled away from me. Luckily, uh, went downwind, uh, but never went far enough to catch my wind, jumped in the pen. And, uh, he just basically jumps in and immediately stops broadside and starts eating. Uh, so chip shot, uh, he was basically 20 yards, pullback uh i was pretty proud of myself like a lot of my just kind of mental training uh popped into my head like i remember when as i was drawing back i remember thinking aim low because that's one thing i've always struggled with when a buck gets in front of me and i'm up in a tree stand i get excited i tend to forget to aim low and i usually hit them high and so i'm thinking to myself as i draw aim low I uh, come to full draw. I'm looking through my sight. His leg that's facing me is back, so I'm just patient. I go ahead and wait. I let him take that step forward. He takes the step, pop it off, arrow goes, and I I, I don't know what happened. I, this is the part where I'm not super proud of, and I really don't know how to explain it to you guys. Um, I had a lighted knock. The lighted knock looked good. I hear a loud smack, and the deer just drops. Um, I, I don't know what I did. Uh, I guess I, I don't, I mean, the shot felt really good. Um, but I guess I pulled it just a little bit and, uh, and I've gotten to where I, I tuck that shoulder a little bit more. Um, and I think what happened was just, I tucked it a little too much and I actually hit the shoulder blade. Um, luckily I'm shooting these heavier arrows. Uh, I mean, in years past this buck, I probably not, would not have got him. Um, usually I was shooting, or I used to shoot a much lighter arrow with a mechanical broadhead. This year I went along with the fad or whatever you want to call it. I think it's just smarter. (laughs) You know, I think, I think they've proven that, uh, that the heavier arrow and the cut on contact broadhead is just better, especially for this situation. Um, and so after further review, I, I basically hit him right in the shoulder blade, 
broke his shoulder, which also broke my broadhead, believe it or not. Um, and he just went down. I think when it snapped his shoulder, I think it must have hit his spinal cord or something. Um, I did get lungs also. Um, but just because I shot him in the lungs doesn't mean he would have dropped like that. Uh, so he dropped right there. I went ahead and put a second arrow in him just because, um, just, you know, I, I didn't know at that time what had happened. Uh, all I knew is that he went down and he was still moving. So I went ahead and put a second arrow in him just to be sure. And, and that was all it wrote, all she wrote. <laughs> and so, like I said, not the most exciting story. Um, I, I will say, you know, basically all the prep work that went into it, um, this spot is one that I used as an example in a podcast over the summer for good access. Um, this is probably uh, – that was probably the fifth time I'd hunted that stand all year. And again, this was December 29th. Um, so hunting it sparingly, hunting it smart, only when the wind was right, um, it, it got this buck killed. Uh, like I said, you know, the wind was basically perfect. Um, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. I was very, very thankful that my brother-in-law was there to help me load this buck. Uh, y'all remember my Texas story of trying to get that buck loaded by myself and the hoopla that you know happened there. Uh, so climbed down. I wanted to give the buck some time anyway, so I went, picked up my brother-in-law. We went and got the truck and uh, and came back and loaded the deer up. So great time, great hunt, great buck. Uh, very excited with him. Um, he was not near as heavy as I thought. That's kind of the one, like if, if I had to, I don't know if I had to be real nitpicky, uh, he wasn't very heavy. Um, but other than that, great archery buck, great late season buck, another one in the books for, you know, the after Christmas hunt. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I mentioned that there was kind of a funny part after the hunt. So, uh, my brother-in-law was there. We got him, you know, gutted, skinned, all that good stuff. I skinned him out completely. I put a picture of that on Instagram too. Uh, I want to, I want to get the hide tanned. Um, I, I'm thinking about trying to make my own like lifelike decoy, uh, with the hide. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Skinned it out the best I could. Um, I didn't do the full face. I basically went all the way up the neck. Um, and I have, but I have an idea for that for the decoy, but anyway, that's a whole different podcast. So, uh, skinned them out completely and everything, uh, all the meat and everything, obviously, and decided I was just going to do a Euro mount. Um, I have a local guy that does a, a really good, uh, affordable Euro mount. So cut the head off and everything, uh, all the meats in the cooler and everything. And, uh, I actually, I did all the butchering the next day. So hung them up that night butchered him the next morning and as i was leaving i ran into my brother so i was driving one way he was driving the other way i was telling him about the hunt and everything and uh i was like hey would you do me a favor i was like would you mind taking the head to uh that guy and he was like sure no problem um and so i we, you know, I give him the head puts it in the back of his truck uh and uh so i'm driving home and it dawns on me that i never scored the deer and uh normally i wouldn't be too worried about it um, but I entered the bow hunting league this year. Uh, we had them on back in the summer. And so I, you know, they have a certain amount of time that you have to score the buck in, in order to submit it. So I called my brother and one of his buddies who, uh, had also been hunting our place a little bit this year. They were both there that night. I was like, Hey, would y'all do me a favor? Would y'all score that deer tonight? And, you know, send me these pictures or whatever that I need for the bow hunting league. Uh, can you think you can handle that for me? He's like, yeah, no problem. So uh, anyway, next day comes and I don't hear from my brother, and I was like, well, they must not have scored it, but you know, I got a couple days, not a big deal. And then uh, the following day, so two days later, 
I get a call from my brother, and I was like, oh, sweet. This is probably him you know, with my score and everything. And uh, he answers the phone. He's just kind of a little – it just sounds a little funny. And uh, and you guys know how much I care about deer hunting, obviously. Um, my brother knows that. My whole family knows it. <clears throat> and I can't imagine making this phone call to me. But he calls me, and he says, John, I lost your head. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, he had gotten home taking it out of his pickup and throwing it on uh, our flatbed that's usually parked, you know, in the, under the shed. And, uh, he's like, it's just gone. I don't know where it is. And so, uh, him and his kids went out and looked for it, couldn't find it. And so I, I wasn't that mad. Um, I don't know, you know, things happen. This is not the first time that something's gotten one of my heads actually. Uh, when I, uh, an old house I was living at, we had like a chain link fence that was next to a lake and uh, had a bobcat come up and steal one of my heads from up against the house and take it out into the yard and bury it. Uh, and so immediately we're thinking, you know, probably a bobcat got it. And so, uh, you know, the next day goes by, they can't find it. Next day goes by, and finally I'm just like, well, I guess it's gone. I, I, I never got the score. Um, I was like, I'm not going to be able to enter it. Uh, I'm not going to have it, you know, for future. And, you know, I didn't care about the score that much. I didn't care about the bow hunting league that much. But I just, you know, wanted to have my memory. And so uh, I, I told my wife, I was like, well, I think this weekend, you know, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to try to look for it myself just, just to give it one last effort. But I had pretty much written it off because obviously whatever had carried it off had carried it far enough that it was, you know, away from the house far enough that my brother and his kids couldn't find it. And so I'd given up hope, and I mean, four or five days go, like a, a, several days go by, and um, I get a call from my brother, and it, or I'm sorry, I get a, a text from my brother, and it's a picture of my deer's head sitting in their laundry room sink. And so I immediately call him, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, his wife had been doing dishes at the kitchen sink, looked out the window, and their dog was carrying my head across the yard, and so she was able to flag it down and get it for me. Uh, I, I don't think it was the dog that drug it off originally. I don't think the dog could have got to it. Um, I don't think the dog – I guess it would have if it was uh, able to, but uh, I'm, I'm fairly positive that it was probably a bobcat, maybe a coyote or something that got it and drug it off. Um, but a huge thank you to Charlie the dog for finding my deer and bringing it back. Uh, and thank you – huge thank you to my sister-in-law for being in the right spot at the right time, seeing it. So did get my head back. I did get it scored. I did get it submitted in the bow hunting league. And, uh, and now I'm going to have that trophy to put on my wall. So yeah, awesome, awesome ending to an awesome, awesome hunt. Absolutely love the way it turned out. I, my, you know, my brother was apologizing and stuff and I was like, Hey, I was like, that made a heck of a better story than my, you know, just the hunt itself. Uh, you gotta have some kind of twist and turn, you know? And so, yeah, absolutely loved it. Loved the hunt great hunt great year hands down my best year to date um in several different ways i've ne i've never killed three bucks in one year um i've never killed as many big bucks in one year as i did this year um yeah just an all-around great time and uh i did want to throw out so every year i kind of keep some stats on my phone uh so i wanted to kind of wrap this thing up with giving you this year's hunting stats for myself so this year I sat with my bow 11 times, with my muzzleloader 7 times, and with a rifle 12 times. Uh, that, so, total of 36 this year. 
One thing that uh, is kind of odd for this year is uh, my bow sits were way down, and that is mostly just because I didn't get to hunt much in October, had all the weddings and everything, so uh, I've never had my bow sits and my rifle sits that close together, um, and then part of the reason my rifle sits were so high was because I hunted in Texas a decent amount, so so 30 sits on the year. Uh, in Oklahoma, I had eight mature buck encounters. In Texas, I had six. And then another interesting stat, uh, I only killed one hog all deer season. Uh, and that is down, I think last year I did 35 or 33, something like that. Uh, so huge difference there. Um, they were still around. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't see any while I was hunting. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't out there trying to kill them that often. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that number is way down, but <clears throat> so yeah, 30 sits. I don't know how many actual days, obviously some days I did more than one. Um, I don't know. I wish I kept track of miles, uh, and hours and all that stuff, but you know, I just try to keep a few handy little stats just because it's fun for me. Um, you know, I, I have, I think I started doing this four, three or four years ago. So I can kind of look back and, uh, you know, see the differences in how much I get to hunt every year and <clears throat> and with what weapon and everything like that. So uh, one thing that has gone way up since I started keeping uh, stats is my mature buck encounters. And so I think that just has to do with with learning, you know. Um, that's one thing that's been really fun to watch. Every year it just seems like I have more and more mature buck encounters. And I usually count that as a four-year-old and up. Um and so, yeah, like I said, this year in Oklahoma, I had eight. Um, the buck I ended up killing, I'm pretty sure, is the uh, the same buck that I had. Uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. When I was rifle hunting and I had that really cool morning where I saw three mature eight points, uh, I'm pretty sure this buck that I killed was the third buck that I had almost shot with my rifle uh, until the neighbor shot and scared it away. And so kind of cool how that came full circle. Uh, man, I learned so much this year about our property. Um, like I said, we we sold uh, the big property that I'd been hunting for a long time. I've concentrated more on our current property where my brother lives. Um, and just because we were selling that other property, I just spent more time on our current property. I was running more cameras. Uh, running more cameras helped me a ton. Um, usually, I've just ran you know a couple on my feeders and stuff, but this year I had some on fence lines and then pinch points and saddles and food plots. And so, uh, I learned so much more just about how deer use our property. Uh, and man, I, I have so many plans. I am really, I'm already excited for next season. That's just kind of how things go with me. Normally, honestly, as soon as November ends of one deer season, I'm usually already looking forward to the next one because I just tend to learn so much in October, November, uh, just how deer use the landscape, what deer are there, where they're at, um, that I'm just, I'm already plotting for the next year. And that of course is true this year. And I think, like I said, I've learned so much more this year about how deer use our property than I ever have in the past. And, uh, you know, because I filled both my tags, uh, my, my 2% buck, the big buck that I've been, you know, tracking for several years that I keep giving myself a, a 2% chance to kill. I learned so much more about that buck this year. And so next year he will be seven, I believe. Um, and so I might have to bump it up to like a 4% chance of killing him. And so still pretty low, but you know, it's always fun to chase him. Uh, that's part of the reason I just, you know, he's a big old deer. I don't think I'll ever get him killed. 
Um, but that doesn't stop me from trying. And I, I just, I love this deer so much. I've followed him for so long. Uh, he's so cool to look at. Uh, I saw him with my own eyes one time when he was a three-year-old and that is it. Never seen him again since. So as always, I really enjoyed this deer season. I hope you guys did too. I hope you guys had some success. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be such a short episode, but it just kind of worked out that way. I already have a very exciting guest lined up for next week. I think you guys are really going to enjoy. I know personally and selfishly I am, and so hopefully I can get this whole microphone microphone thing worked out. Uh, I apologize again. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Um, yeah, I'm going to get the microphone working. I got a guest lined up. I got several guests in mind from the ATA show, and this podcast is just going to keep getting better and better. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for staying with me. Uh, hit me up on social media as always. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments or topics you guys want me to cover, please, please send me a message or an email, and I will do my best to cover those topics. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I'm going to go kill some ducks. You guys have a great week, and I will see you guys right back here next week on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. Mm-hmm.